In today's show, I'm here live on YouTube taking your questions. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball today. Here we are answering questions. You guys are asking them. I am answering them. We're here to do a mailbag show. Just a quick programming note. Um, I'm heading away for a couple of days over the over the weekend, so you'll see there still will be the weekly preview show. It just won't have things like starts and sits because I don't want to put out information that's two days early that um, you know, may be impacted by injuries or, or changes in rotation or stuff like that. So it's mainly just going to be looking at the schedule, who plays when, what teams are where, and, and trying to make the most of it that way. The waiver wire show, which normally comes out on a Sunday afternoon, will come out later because I won't be back in time for that, and there'll be no what to watch for's for uh, Saturday's games or for Sunday's games. There still will be um, write-ups over on Basketball Monster, so check that out. There just won't be the uh, the videos happening at that particular time. All right, everybody is here. We are ready to go. We're ready to answer, answer questions that you guys may or may not have. I'm here to drink uh, small cups of coffee. All right, let's get into it. Let's see who's here in the chat and what questions have we got. Dylan Patel kicks things off. He says, I'm being offered Rashawn Holes. Good name. Rashawn Holmes and Jeremy Grant for Jarrett Allen and Marcus Smart. 10-team points league. I'm 11-2 for lock the players. This is a helpful move. I'll have a look at it, right? 36 and 36 versus 33 and 31. I don't know what the person who is offering you that has, what they're thinking of. Are they thinking that Jarrett Allen and Marcus Smart are just going to come rocking home? Uh, Allen, a guy who's currently out with a concussion, or that Grant and Holmes are going to drop off? Um, ridiculous. So yes, you take, you take those guys who are averaging significantly more fantasy points. Um, they're still going to rim shaker. There's still going to be shows this weekend. It's just not going to be the what to watch for. That's really it. Um, still going to have the top twenty show coming. Still going to have. It's really not going to be that much of a change. It's okay. And I'm uh, I'm heading to watch uh, Hamilton up in Sydney this weekend. So that's the update on uh, on what I'm doing and what's uh, what's going to be impacting you in terms of uh, where the videos come or where they don't come. All right. Let's have a look. I'm screwed now that Collins and Diallo are out. Diallo's now from... It's it's early here, so I'm just waking up. Diallo out, I assume, is not a long-term thing. I assume he's just resting today, correct? We know that... Um, we know that John Collins is out. We reevaluate in a week, so let's let's say that that's ten to ten to two weeks in absence uh, for him. Yeah, Diallo's just resting today, so nothing to be too ex- too too distraught over there. James Harden out today, as expected as well. Brandon Ingram out. It looks like Zion Williamson out. Lonzo Ball out. That Pelicans game is going to be pretty rough, isn't it? Not not going to be fun with all those guys out. Hey Josh, how do I join the room? Texas style. This isn't on locker room, so there's no room to join. This is just me answering questions on YouTube. When do I think Paul George will be back? Days or weeks? It's just a guess. Like. I would say I would say within a week, but we don't know. They haven't provided any information at all. Eric Saldana is is Jaden McDaniel's a must roster player. 
I think he is, yes. Um, how long do I think Zach Levine is out for? I would. I think initially I said about a week, uh, so let's stick with that. So maybe another three, four games. Um, Grant Gamble, Josh Hart or Nikhil Alexander-Walker for streaming in a points league today? Depends on your scoring system. I would be inclined to say Alexander-Walker, but both guys are going to have a lot of value. All right, how is everyone going? What other names are in here that I... Uh, that I know. RJ Barrett's a bit on the injury report is questionable, by the way. Is Tumor Kiki a must-roster player in a 12-man league? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, is DeMarcus Cousins a drop in a 12-team league? Uh, uh, yeah, is this January? Yes. Yes, he is a drop in a 12-team league. Steve Hoff, nine-cat standard. My draft got me punting free throws, turnovers, and three-pointers. Later on, I started punting points. I'm in first, but I wonder if a four-punt is generally a bad idea. Well, let's talk about this, Steve. Are you winning? Yes. Are you on top of your league? Yes. Hard to say. That's a bad idea. And in the playoffs, when you don't need, you know, you don't need seven twos or six threes, you just need to win five fours. You're already set up for it. And if you're winning, if if you're in first with a four punt setup, your strengths in those categories must be astronomically strong. Because usually if you go into a season with a three or four punt, um, your lineup, you might finish third or fourth. You win most weeks, five, four or six, three. But to bet on top, you need to be doing six threes and seven two. So that means that you are unbelievably strong on your team and you're not even hard punting a lot of those categories. So I don't think you should be worried at all. Um, what else have we got here? Yusuf Sharif, 10 team, 11 cat, including free throws made. Jesus. Uh, and three-point percentage. Is it worth it to trade Miles Turner for Drew Holiday? Blocks are my strongest category. I have Nurk, Moses, and Cat too. Well, I think the way to look at this, Yusuf, I can't answer the question exactly, but the way I give you the idea of how to look at it is, okay, blocks are your strongest category. That's fine. You want them to remain your strongest category. So if you trade away Miles Turner, do they remain strong? That That's the question. So if you lose Miles, are you winning blocks? Let's throw out a number. Are you winning blocks 40 to 27 every week? Right? Is that like is that the margin that you're winning blocks every week? Are you winning 50 to 30 every week? So if you're winning 50 to 30 every week, you lose Miles Turner, which honestly, if he plays four games, that's 12 blocks right there. So then you go to 38 to 30, and you're still going to get those wins most of the time. But if you're winning blocks 40 to 30 every week, which is a sizable victory, right? It's sizable, but you lose Miles Turner's 12 blocks for the week, and then that becomes your strongest category that you win every week to one that you might lose most weeks. So while you look at it and go, look how strong I am, I've got Nurkic, I've got Moses Brown, I've got Carl Anthony Towns, that, that's all well and good, but you need to look at it and go, me losing Miles Turner, a bloke averaging four blocks per game, so 12 blocks might be underselling it. You might lose 16 blocks for the week. Drew Holiday might give you three blocks for the week. Maybe he gives you four. Let's, let's look at it that way. Um, the, the way you've got to look at that is then how is that going to impact it? Because it's all, it's again, it's all well and good to have this, hey, I'm so strong here so I can afford to trade away. But if you trade away and make it so that you become average, middle of the pack, barely above average, it's not worth it. So I think you need to have a look at that. Kevin Sakun says, head-to-head nine cat. I dropped Johnny Wall to open up a streaming spot. No regrets, right? Yeah, I got no problem with that. Look, he's going to, Sick games, already missed yesterday's game. He's shooting like literally 35% from the field over the last yeah, six to eight weeks. Um, and he, he's going to miss time. Uh, I've got no problem with doing that, to be honest. And yes, for everybody who has eyes, 
I did get a haircut. Cor- correct. I did get a haircut. Uzi, how are you? Loki James. How do you think the Magic acquisitions will go the rest of the season? I, I like Wendell Carter. Everyone knows that. I think he's going to play himself into a pretty solid role. I think he's worth holding. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like having sky-high expectations. Same with Otto Porter. These guys are clearly better than the incumbents there. There's a 2% chance that they end up being top 50 from here on out. The most likely um, uh, result is that they are in that 90 to 120 type range, I think, and probably 15% chance that they're outside the top 120. RJ Hampton, I just think that with Bacon, with Ennis, with Ross, with Harris eventually returning, with Carter Williams playing the two, they might like him. I'm just not sure he's going to be put into a large enough role, unfortunately, to have um, as big an impact as, as what we would uh, what we would hope. Um, Ravjot. Ravjot Sidhu, my IL spots are Lamello and Cole Anthony and Johnny Collins just got hurt. Do I drop uh, Cole for a streamer such as Canard or Stash Collins? Uh, and Stash Collins. Well, I guess, Ravjot, that's going to depend. How are you looking in the playoff standings? And this is so much about fantasy basketball is it depends, uh, Ravjot, is that you could say you could drop Cole because you need to stash John Collins, but is there a possibility that Collins could just sit on your bench for the next six, seven days? And you'll still be okay, even if you cop a 5-4 loss. And rather than having to drop, like to get, you literally might get one game out of Luke Kennard and then Paul George might be back the next game and you've got that. So is that worth it? Is it worth it to get one game out of him? Are you so desperate for that one? And you might be. You might be so desperate for that that you need the wins to push into the playoffs. That's why it's hard to answer that question completely in a in a vacuum. Um the Cole Anthony one, Anthony's going to be back before LaMelo Ball as well. I would be inclined to hold, but it does depend on your individual situation. Lucas Schuster, did I know that Thad Young was this good fantasy-wise? I was worried about his role after the trade, but they seem to really value him in his minutes. Now, Thad used to be a really good fantasy player back in the day when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers. He was like a top 40 guy on the back of some really large steals. I have never seen Thad Young as this sort of passer before. I didn't know he had this sort of passing or you know, playmaking or offensive hub sort of role in him. I didn't know it existed. He's never been this assist player. And that's been uh, absolutely uh, Sheev. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, he's really good defensively. The, the, the thing that was hard with that is he wasn't this good last year. Like he he shown massive signs of decline and he's like 32, 33. So he's lost quite a like he, I thought he'd lost quite a bit. I didn't expect him to bounce back to this level that he's at this season and then add something completely new into his um into his bag of uh, tricks in terms of the passing. Cooper Meisel Silverman says, is a good Friday where you're at. It is good Friday. Absolutely. Um thank you for the happy Easter wishes and happy Easter to everybody who does celebrate that. Drove Blendit, should I trade away Zach Levine on a 12-team points league? If yeah, for who? I'm a lock for the playoffs and I'm tied for first place. Then the answer to that is a, is a pretty pretty strong no. Because a, a, whoever you're trading him to, they're either going to be your competitors and they're looking to get him at a discount to have him ready to take you on in the playoffs. Or they're going to be a team that's desperate for production now and they're not going to give up anything because Levine's currently hurt. You're in the playoffs. You're tied for first place. You've got a guy who's a downswing of his production. It's literally the worst time to trade someone like Zach Levine, who's who's hurt, 
and also not playing particularly well at the moment. I, I don't think there's any um, any rationale for trading him at this stage, to be honest. Thad's role this year is different. It's a role he has literally never played before. Um, and it's been great to see him. I like Thad Young. He's been a guy that I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, is Jordan Clarkson a drop in a 10-team league? He's been shooting horrendously. Look, that, that is the problem. I think that he probably is. He's outside the top 100 now on the year. Obviously, you're well aware that he's outside the top 200 in about the last month. Um, and in a 10-team league, with that sort of hit that you're taking and his field goal percentage, now your team might be set up to take that hit on field goal percentage. And if so, it doesn't really matter. But if you're not, and he's just hurting you everywhere, then yeah, sure, by all means, move on. Joey Brooks, Kevin Durant and Kevin Porter for Paul George and Chris Middleton, ESPN Standard Points League. Well, Joey, you've broken rule number one of not telling me the points average in your particular scoring format, but I'm just going to say that it's probably going to be Paul George and Chris Middleton there. Look, Durant and Paul George are obviously both out. Middleton is better than Kevin Porter. And yeah, by, I think, a large enough margin that the difference between KG and P. Uh, KD and PG is not that uh, extreme, but I don't know because I don't know your scoring system. Is it worth Mahika Nanayakara? That sounds Sri Lankan. Is it worth stashing Jaron Jackson Jr. in the injured reserve in a 12-team league? I'll, I'll say no, but if you've got an open injured reserve spot, there's literally no harm in it. Jackson's probably going to be three, four weeks away still and then beyond limited minutes when he comes back. And the problem I think you, you have, this is a problem that happens a lot, is that there's no harm, right? There's no harm to add Jaron Jackson to an open injured reserve slot. It does nothing, like it wastes a weekly ad, whatever, but it does no harm. But the problem you have is that when he returns, let's say it is the 25th of, um, of April that he returns, right? And then he's not injured reserve eligible anymore. So you can't make any other moves and you're in the fantasy playoffs. So streaming is going to be important, but he comes in and he plays 20 minutes a night and that makes him the 200th best player over that time. So you've invested all this and you're going to be like, I've just, I've, I've held this time. I've just got to wait for his minutes to come back up. And then you sit on this bloke who for two weeks plays 20 minutes and is ranked 200th um, and you've got to activate him because otherwise you can't stream guys in then that sort of thinking will will uh, cause a problem. Now, by all means, stash him. But if he comes back in the playoffs and he plays 20 minutes, you just got to be saying, well, I can't afford to have that bullshit on my team waiting for him to get back to full strength in two weeks' time. So while by all means, it costs you nothing. Now, the thing that it does cost you maybe is a, is a mental tax of, I've got to play him because I stashed him and he's Jaron Jackson. We've just got to wait for him to get up to speed all the time while you're losing your fantasy playoff matchup. Um. Should I drop Hero for Kevin Porter? They are averaging the same. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would pretty comfortably do that. Hero is going to drop down um, with Oladipo around and Porter is going to go up, I think. Joshy, who's your favorite Marvel? I assume you mean Marvel character, Model X. I don't know who my favorite Marvel character is. I, I really I haven't read many of the comics, to be honest. I've just started reading them at the moment. Um, in terms of from movies, I don't know. I don't really need to have a favorite, I don't think. I enjoy watching all of them, currently watching Falcon and Winter Soldier and enjoying that as well. I don't know. I just have an open mind. Uh, Sammy Sears. Is having Wendell Carter Jr. and Terrence Ross worth having for fantasy playoffs? 12-team points league. That's a very, it's a broad question. Are they worth having? Sure. Let's see what happens. I think you're preparing for the playoffs. I think there's potential for them to be top 100 by the time we get there. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, 
Graham Lynn, Evan Fournier, do we drop him? Only reason to hold seems that he's getting 30 minutes. I do think that he is um, a, a drop guy. Sean Casey, will I do a, um, a video on fantasy playoff strategy? I think I, I did one when the... Um, when the schedule fixture came out for the second half. Uh, I will probably do another one at some point, yes. Mike Smith. Oh, actually, Ramon Madrid. Josh, you look handsome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I don't know who to drop to free Terrence Ross. Thad? Callie? Now, who's Callie? Or TJ? Don't know who that is either. Oh, is that TJ Warren that you're mistakenly holding? Is it TJ McConnell? Is Callie Kelly Oubre? Is it Kelly Olenek? I know who Thad is. It's Thad Young. Um... Who do you drop out of that group? That, that's very hard for me to answer, Ramon. I would say if that is Kaliolinic, you probably drop Kaliolinic. Um, and then if it's Ubre, I'd probably drop McConnell over him. Is Eric Gordon a hold in the IR spot for 12-team league? Unless you've got someone else to put in there, sure, by all means. I don't think that Alex here will be a... Um, He's going to be a must-roster guy when he comes back. So you almost run into that same situation that you have currently with Jaron, although I just uh, detail with Jaron Jackson. But again, if it's costing you nothing, sure. Captain Potatoes. Actually, we'll get to you in a sec. Mike Smith. Josh, what do you think of Aaron Gordon rest of season in a 12-team points league? I don't know because I don't know what your scoring system is. Um, but let's talk about it this way, Mike. I have been pretty adamant that Aaron Gordon is going to be a droppable player. Uh, or he is a droppable player. Uh, let me rephrase. I thought he would be a drop in a category league after the trade. I've seen two games. It's lined up with my thoughts, and I think he's a drop. In a points league, it is a little bit different because points leagues don't value defensive stats as much. They don't have a, a, a def- really issue with uh, efficiency quite as much. I still think in a points league, I'm just going to go by default Yahoo because I don't know what you're actually talking about. I still think that he can be a top 100 guy, a 30 point per, a 29 to 30 point per game producer for Yahoo Points Leagues, but that might change. His first two games, he's averaging 17 fantasy points. So that's obviously not where it needs to be on a 15% usage, but I would still hold in a points league. In a category league, I'd be okay moving on. Captain Potatoes, 12-team nine catch. Should I trade Steph for Van Vliet and Haywood? Well, Captain Potatoes, that means you have to drop someone and reduce your streaming capabilities, I don't see why you would do that. Tejas Desai, Curry 50, Gallo 21 for Middleton, Ubre and Pirtle. Well, obviously then, Tejas, you're dropping someone else as well. But why are we so keen to give up on Steph Curry? And you're also giving up Gallinari, who's going to get a real boost at the moment with John Collins out. You're getting Middleton, Ubre and Pirtle back is, is fine, but is it is it exciting? Um, let me just try work 18... What that implies there is like a, for my quick maths, thank you, Big Shaq, um, we're looking at like a 17-point difference between both sides of that deal and your streaming spot, I believe, will be worth more than 17 points. So no. Joel, Joel, man, what am I doing? Joel Royas Jr., 12-10 ESPN points. I asked, but I have Shea and Collins. The average wa- waiver is 10 to 14 points. Whew, now that is tough. Now, I think what we need to do there, Joel, is again we just have we have to have a look um, at where you're in the standings because Collins look literally might be a week he might miss three games, and if your waiver is ten to fourteen points and Collins is averaging twenty four, dropping John Collins to get in a ten point player seems foolish on the surface, right? 
But again, if you desperately need production this week, because if you don't win this week, you don't make the playoffs, then you have to do it. You have to drop Collins in... in uh, well, actually, you have to drop someone. Now, would it be Collins or Shea? It's pretty bloody tough to drop Shea, to be honest, but he's going to be out. Um, he's going to be out for a while, a lot longer than Collins. I would be... My initial inclination there, Joel, is to hold, just because I think it's short-term for John. But otherwise, you might have to make that tough call. And you know, Shea is probably two to three weeks, and Collins might be a week. He's in the five seed. Uh, yeah, so look, that, that does make it tough because uh, you are going to need this win. I, what I would do, right, is I would like to, I'd like to push it out as much as I can for the next three, yeah, three days. See if I can survive. Look, I don't. You might win this week anyway, and then if we might get an update on Shea. I think that's what I'm. If I can push it just a couple of days, just to see if we can get more of an update on Shea. Like that's the one thing. Because if he, they say he's out five weeks and he's a clear drop, right? But if they say he's coming back, then we get, um, then you get a little bit more clarity of which way to go. Yusuf Sharif. I know you said Noel is must add, but if you don't need his blocks and steals, is a stream spot more valuable? Yes, it is. Now that's that's a key part. Like he is a must add. And he should be on someone's roster. But if you don't need what he does, then what's the point of doing it? Good point. I enjoy it. Um, do I think DeAndre Hunter can get back to his early season averages? No, I don't. Is Nikhil Alexander-Walker better than Alonzo? No. Um, is, that's not an easy... He you asked me an easier question, Lucas. No, he's not better than Alonzo. Not even remotely close. Uh, is Nikhil Alexander-Walker better than Bledsoe? That's a harder question. I would say Yes. He's definitely what, for a team that's not in the play-in-game play consideration or not in the play-in-game spot at the moment, he is definitely, in terms of current on-court production, he's at least equivalent, but with way more future upside. So he is the guy that they should play in that scenario. Rimshaker, rest of season projection for Claxton in Cats week 18 to 20 of the playoffs. I think it's going to get worse for him, unfortunately, because Aldridge is going to come in and steal some minutes, which is a shame because he's better than all these guys. So I, I, it's really tough for me to suggest that he's going to have any sort of high-end upside this season. I just don't see it for Claxo. Maybe it happens real-life playoffs, but I can't see him pushing to 28 minutes a night in the next three weeks. I just don't see that happening for him. Uh, Kozial, Josh, do you prefer a fantasy format over another category over points? Always category over points. Everyone knows my preference there. Um, Dynasty is good um, in that it encourages more trading. That's that's a good part of it, and it also tests your your long term knowledge and um, dealing with the draft and a lot more flexibility in what you're doing. So in general, category dynasties are a good way to go, but you know, redraft is is just as good. And dynasties is a lot more commitment, obviously. Joseph C. Rest of season drop Aaron Gordon for Isaiah Roby. I got no problem with that at all. Cameron S. Fourteen man nine cat punt turnover. Akiki Diallo or McDaniel's. Well, honestly, Cameron, all three of those are must-roster players in a 14-team league. They are, they all are. So I don't know who's at the back end of your roster, but if I'm prioritizing one, it probably is Truma, then Jaden, and then Diallo. But they're all must-roster in that format. So you can't really go wrong there. Is there a chance that Wendell Carter Jr. starts today? From me talking to Magic people, they would say yes. I would say I'm not holding my breath. Will he start before the end of the season? I would say absolutely yes. I just don't know when. I would love it for to be today. The evidence is overwhelming. 
the evidence is really in everyone's face, but Clifford is stubborn as shit. So that is the only, I guess, hesitancy that we uh, that we may uh, may have in that scenario. Have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, it's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with Sport Trade is simple as players' values rise and fall based on two factors. One is their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. And the more points scored, the higher their value gets. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. And when you're ready to buy the shares, you can pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Then you simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then you sign up to get started. So sign up today at sporttrade.com sporttrade.com. Discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. If you're looking for a part for your car, why would you go to your local chain auto store? Rockauto.com is going to have everything you need, and they're going to do it cheaper for you. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, what else have we got? What's going on in the chat? Um, line out man, appreciate that. Jow CB, Josh, I sent a super chat, no text. Well, just throw your, your, throw your question here. And I'll get to it. What's Butler's rest of season in a standard Yahoo points league? Will Oladipo hurt his value? Uh, I would say he has to hurt it a little bit because we know Oladipo is not uh, shy in terms of hogging shots. So I do think that he's going to drop a little bit from what Jimmy's been doing this season. Now, Jim already is averaging, what, 39 over the last two weeks. So he's fallen off quite a bit from his seasonal numbers. Um I've got him as like a 43 to 44 point guy rest of the season. He's currently averaging 46. So that, that's that's the difference that I have there with uh, with Jim Butler. Um, Jow, just waiting for you to chuck that in, that question, and I'll get to it. Does Vibster, does Moses Brown have a bright future in the NBA? Does his skill set translate to a good team? Is he an average player on a bad team? I Vibster, I lean more towards average player on a bad team. I'm not sure that he's got enough to be a big minute starting center on a good team, but that doesn't matter because he's not on a he's not on a good team at the moment. And it will be interesting next year with Roby with Horford coming back. I think they do move Horford in the offseason, though. He they could install him as a starter. They all could also draft Evan Mobley and start him from day one. So I, I think that if I had to you know, put money either way, I'd say that the Moses Brown that we're seeing now might end up being the best version in terms of minutes and fantasy production that he ever gets to. But 
I'm not completely ruling that. I remember this is a guy that came from absolutely nowhere this year that played like two NBA games or something last season uh, as a member of the Portland Trailblazers. I think he was with Houston first, then went to Portland. Uh, Houston in summer league then went to Portland and, and didn't do anything there and, and has come out now with some big numbers. Now, I'm not writing him off at all. I, I think he could be a solidish starter. Like Hassan Whiteside was an NBA starter for years. And Brown could be similar to that. He's not quite as big as Whiteside. Um but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that he's got even fringe all-star type upside. To be honest, oh, he's been really good though. Obviously, um, will D'Angelo Russell be better than he was before his injury, which was shit, or will it be even worse when he returns at all the mouth defeat? I would be pretty skeptical about him being significantly better. To be honest, that how that all fits with, you know, he doesn't play with Towns really that much. Beasley and Edwards, not all together. Hasn't really happened. He was struggling before the injury. He's going to be on some sort of restriction when he comes back. I would be pretty surprised if he's significantly better personally. Um, has anyone told me that I look like Marcus Gasol? Yes, all the time. Um, all right. All right, let's go through what else have we got question-wise here. Should I keep Hunter with Collins out for a week? I don't really think that has it. Yeah, too much of an impact on Hunter. To me, Hunter's production is not really... Like, his low production at the moment is the fact that he's coming back from injury, not the fact that Collins is there. Remember, he put up big numbers at the start of the season when Collins played. So, like, I think you should keep Hunter regardless of uh, of Collins' injury, personally. Can I talk about Porzingis' rest-of-season outlook? Porzingis! He seems like he's playing above his level recently. Is he a sell high? He's not playing above his level. This is his level. To me, he was playing below his level before. What he's currently doing is his level. We saw him do it last year. We've seen him do it with the Knicks. This is his level, and he was playing well below that. Now, he's going to have some fluctuations, but if you can sell him high, sure, but this is not where I look at it and go, it's Hamadou Diallo shooting 93% from the line, 60% from three, and 70% from two, where I know it's going to drop off. Like, I guarantee you it's going to drop off. Like, this is Porzingis. This is him. Not even at his best, probably a 90%, 95% capacity. This is who he can be, and he was just down below that before. So I wouldn't be that quick to sell off on him. Terry Yu says, did I write the code for Basketball Monster? No, I did not. Not at all. I do none none of the tech stuff at all. It's got nothing to do with me. I can't do any of that stuff. I just provide the projections, yeah, information, that sort of stuff. I don't do any of the technical stuff. With Johnny Collins out, is Gallinari a must roster? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. What are my thoughts on Colin Sexton's outlook the rest of the season? I, he's just he's just sort of doing what he does. Like I don't really see huge amounts changing for Sexo at the moment. Really, like I think we're just getting what he does. Twenty point scorer, lowish rebounds, not super high assists. Like no, like he's just like he's at what's everything. Thirty eight over the last month. He can be a thirty six to thirty seven point producer. No problem. That's just sort of what he does, I think. And I think that's where we need to um, yeah, have our expectations sitting with um, with Colin Sexton. Yeah, nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary, I don't think. When do I think Dennis Smith Jr. is coming back? Well, he's questionable for today, I believe. So uh, very soon, it looks like. Hopefully, he's back today. It, it does look, uh, it's looking a little bit positive there. Josh, do you think fantasy questions need considerable amount of simplistic assumptions in order to answer them? Leagues, builds, schedule. Um, I could make considerable amounts of assumptions with them. And in general, if I'm not provided the information, that's what I do. But so many leagues aren't, don't, don't abide by those simplistic assumptions. So if I'm not provided the information, I will just assume that sort of stuff. But 
I think you need to provide context. And there's there's so much, and this is what's fun about fantasy, right? There's there is um, a lot of context associated with everything that we do here because you know. Do I drop this guy? Do I trade this guy? Well, it, it depends. Where are you in the standings? Can you afford zeros for this time? How does it fit your build? What's your league size? What are your categories? What's your point scoring system? You know, are you planning for three weeks in advance when you're going to make the playoffs for sure? Or do you need to scrape and scrounge every fantasy point possible this week? So there is a lot of context that's required with pretty much every question. Is Nerlens Noel must roster even with six games in the first week of the playoffs? Six game week? Or are you doing a two week situation um well again felix that i think that highlights my point is that that's that you know noel being must roster is me providing a, a thought that just tries to apply to as many people as possible not everyone is sitting in a situation where they go well we're locked in and our playoffs are this particular week where noel plays six games over a two-week period He's a guy that you add now because he's going to produce value now. And yeah, I'm not saying that he's a must-add because of his playoff schedule in three weeks' time, whereas for half the people, that means nothing because their playoffs don't don't apply at that time or they're not locked into a playoff spot. Yeah, there's, So there's a lot of things, or they don't play two-week playoff s- scenarios. So six games for Noel over that time, it's not ideal. I probably still would hold, but if you're you know, planning out playoffs two, three weeks in advance, then you are in a comfortable spot, and then his current production and what's currently happening is not as important. So I think that is worth it is worth mentioning. Find Eric Kleoff. I don't know if you're taking the piss, but should I worry about about Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Siakam being shut down? No. Sir Mentos. Should I? Who should I drop when KD comes back? Roby, McDaniels, Olenek, Bay, or Drummond? The answer to that question, sir, is I got no idea because why don't we wait? And this, and I know that people ask these questions because they might not get an opportunity to ask me this question when the time comes. But it's literally, it's like me, it's like me saying, you know, who do I start in week nineteen of fantasy playoffs? I don't know because things are going to change by then. By this time. Sir, when you, when you get to KD coming back, which might be next week, I don't know. Andre Drummond might be out. Kali Linick might have been bought out and he's playing 18 minutes a night somewhere else. Um, it, it, someone else, any of those guys could be injured and you just do a straight swap onto your IR, you know, simplifying that question out of that group. If I'm t- telling you, if you're making a decision today out of that group... I would probably drop Sadiq Bay. I think he's got the lowest upside out of that group. Um, he's secure in his role, but I'm not sure that there's enough overall production. Like Roby's going to produce in multiple areas. McDaniels is going to get those rare blocks and he's scoring. He's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, Linick produces in assists and blocks and threes and scoring, whereas Bay is really just a, a threes and points streamer type. And Drummond, if they do play him 30 minutes, he's obviously way better. Um, right, let's keep going here. Jow, all right, saw your question. All right, McDaniels or Diallo rest of season in a category league? Uh, to me, I, I would take Jaden McDaniels there pretty clearly. My commissioner has a championship week, the final week of the NBA season. Any tips on how to tell him he stinks? Just playing this bit of the video, cut it out. Commissioner for Jeffrey Wax League, you should never, ever, ever have your fantasy league go to the last day of the NBA season. It is amateur hour. The league is it's unwatchable that last week. There'll be four teams that matter in that time frame. You'll have 
Lamar Stevens playing 40 minutes a night. Who wants a fantasy championship decided by who is the quickest to add Lamar Stevens or the quickest to add Broderick Thomas? And I know I'm picking on Cavs players here. Or the quickest to add Josh Hall because he's playing 35 a night. Nobody wants that. It makes the draft irrelevant. It makes any all of this stuff irrelevant. Jeffrey Wax Commissioner, don't ever set your fantasy league to finish on the last day of the season. The only appropriate, the only um, exception to that is a rotisserie league where there aren't playoffs. William Chu, drop Garland for Nurkic points league. You must have someone worse, surely. Garland's averaging almost twenty nine fantasy points. Nurkic at twenty six. If that is your worst player, which I find I'm skeptical. I would be inclined to do it, but you're also dropping guaranteed production from Garland to hope that Nurkic gets back. And maybe he does, but maybe it takes two weeks and maybe that's too long. Um, I would be hesitant about it. And the fact that Nurkic is still sitting on your wave wire tells me that your league is pretty shallow. I like Nurkic more than most. I would be inclined to do it, but there must be someone worse. Booty Meaden. Okiki, Kevin Porter, Norm Powell, I'm guessing. Chris Boucher, Noel, who to drop when Embiid returns? I literally just answered a question like this. And you're in a points league with weird different scoring settings. Um, So I don't know the averages of these guys because it could change very differently. But just looking at it, yeah, Noel is not as good in a points league. Boucher is not as good in a points league. It's going to be one of those two most likely. Uh, And it's probably going to end up being Boucher given the minutes that he's currently playing. Let's keep going. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this, I'm sure. Kagdas Metin. My league insisted that we should ban adding top 50 per game play if they had dropped after the trade deadline. Hmm. Okay, why are they getting dropped for a start? I think banning adding them is not the issue you need to address, Kagdas. The issue you need to address is why are they getting dropped? If they're dropped because they're hurt then adding them, there shouldn't be any ban on that. If they're dropped because their managers are punk-ass pussy bitches who are giving up and trying to sabotage a league, then what the commission does is just re-adds that player back to the roster and kicks that guy all the way out out of here. In fact, Jack Armstrong... Get that garbage out of here! So the fact that you have to institute a ban to stop people adding top 50 players tells me you've got way larger problems in your league than the fact that people are just dropping top 50 guys. Do I speak any other languages? I do not. I have attempted to learn Italian and French um, when I was supposed to be going across to Europe last year until, of course... Uh, Ooh, it's a pandemic! Um... Yeah, wasn't able to, to do that, but I am going to start to learn uh, another language. Next time I head overseas, I'll try to learn that language, maybe German. I don't know. I'm just going to mix it up. Joe Stout. Sup, Josh? How are you, Joe? Paul George is not on Yahoo's IL yet. Of course, he's not because why Why would he be? And I say that sarcastically. Of course, he should be. You know my issues with IL. If he's not playing in my fantasy playoffs Monday, do I drop to get the win and hold and hope I squeak by? I would say if Paul George isn't playing by Monday, he would definitely be on IL. So I don't think this is going to be a problem you have to worry about, Joe. Um, I would, and even in that case, if for some reason by Monday, which we're talking, what, four days from now, if he hasn't played in four days and he's still not IL, then again, Yahoo has a lot to answer for. And I know that I work for Yahoo. They still have a lot to answer for. I would wait a day. I don't think you just drop Paul George straight at the beginning of the week. 
I would wait a day or two and then I think you can get by with that for those two days. But at this point, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem for you. And he's either going to be back or he's going to be injured reserve eligible. But it is something you'd consider probably you know Wednesday in, in that week, I, I would suggest. Um, Renan Guedes, am I for or against trade deadlines? For, absolutely for. Um, can you elaborate why Malik Beasley might become a drop? Do you see him regressing way below his previous 32 fantasy points per game? I'll tell you why. Is that at the start of the season, he was their second best player, getting every shot with him and D'Angelo Russell. Anthony Edwards was coming off the bench, playing 25 minutes and not getting high usage, and Carl Anthony Towns was out. Now we've got Edwards, who's a 30% usage player, who's seemingly like a first option, and a new coach who's making the ball run through Kyle Anthony Towns' hands. And then D'Angelo Russell's going to come back. So where does Beasley fit in? Is he the fourth option? When he was, at times, legitimately the first option. This is why I have the worry with him. He doesn't go back to that same role. I just cannot see how that happens, considering he has to play with Towns under a new coach with a expanded role for Anthony Edwards. I just don't see how that happens for him. But anyway, that, that's how I, uh, I look at that. All right, I reckon we might, we've been going for a while here. I reckon we might wrap this up now. Appreciate everyone here in the chat um, who's been around. We are, again, you know the status for me for this weekend. There'll be a recap show today. Probably won't include the, the last game today because I have something to go to, go to in the afternoon. But you'll get the first six games. You'll get a What to Watchful video today. There'll be a weekly preview video put out. There'll be a top 20 players in the NBA video put out. And uh, you just won't get What to Watchfuls across the weekend. Guys, that'll do it for me. Don't forget to follow Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Hit the button. Hit the notification bell. Hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.